This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू यट अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ हफ्ता फ्रॉम अ कोल्ड एंड डैम्प एंड वेट डेली व्हिच इज क्वाइट नाइस एक्चुअली वी हैव लॉट्स टू डिस्कस दिस वीक वाज न्यूज वाइज अ वेरी हेक्टिक वीक व्हिच हैज बीन द पैटर्न इन द लास्ट सेवरल वीक्स बट दिस टाइम स्पेशली सो एंड वी शैल कम टू वाई बट बिफोर वी गो ओवर वॉट ऑल वी विल डिस्कस एंड वॉट मेड द न्यूज एंड वॉट डिडेंट एंड वॉट शुड एव एंड मे बी नॉट शुड एव आई वुड लाइक टू अर्ज आर लिसनर्स टू पे टू कीप न्यूज फ्री बिकॉज वेन द पब्लिक पेज द पब्लिक इज सर्वड वेन एडवर्टाइजर्स पे एडवर्टाइज आर सर्वड एंड आई हैव नव बिन एज सर्टन ऑफ इट एज आई एम नाउ बिकॉज आई जस्ट रिसेंटली अटेंडेड टू कॉन्फ्रेंसिस विच आर टॉकिंग अबाउट रेवन्यू मॉडल्स एंड पॉलिसी एंड नो मैटर वॉट साइज ऑफ ऑर्गेनाइजेशन अदर दैन टाइम्स ऑफ इंडिया एवरीबडी इज स्ट्रगलिंग so unless you the people who consume news and value news and truth pay journalism will die so please do remember that and also we have a new series antim adhyay ayodhya ka our executive editor atul chaurasia traveled to ayodhya he spent four or five days there with our producer kartik who incidentally will be leaving us this is last podcast farewell kartik you have done many a hafta so um and they have come back with some phenomenal interviews from people from the VHP leaders from the Ram Janmabhoomi Vyas then Mohi Akhada the All India Personal Law Board and the Ram Lalla Virajman so check the series out uh, i'm sure you will enjoy it some of these interviews will be behind the paywall now that that's out of the way uh, let me introduce our panel uh, joining us in delhi for a change is samrat those of you who've seen our stuff uh, samrat has written many pieces for us he has reported for us from for, in fact during the election as well he has been on the hafta but usually he's on the hafta from somewhere else usually from assam or shillong or bengal or wherever he's traveling but today he's in our studio so hi samrat welcome thanks thank you uh, for those of you who would like to familiarize yourself with him he is a author and journalist He's a former editor of daily newspapers in India's major metros Delhi, Mumbai and Bangalore. He writes for us regularly. His first novel The Urban Jungle was published by Penguin in 2011. Some of his literary essays and short stories have appeared in translation in German, Spanish, Italian and Portuguese. Very impressive. Thank I you. <laughs> I didn't know that. So but why German, Spanish, Italian and Portuguese? I think somehow it happened. I mean it's not like I had a choice in the matter. Right. <laughs> I'd be very happy if it was also published in Chinese for example. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah is one of the more difficult languages. Not that I know any of these either, but at least I eat pizza. But then I also eat Chinese food, okay? I'm not making any sense. His latest publication is an edited anthology titled Inside Outsider on this issue with relations with relation to northeast india he is one of two editors what's this about inside when is it due uh, it's out oh it's out okay it's out it's about uh, the insider outsider issue in northeast india issues of belonging and identity i see and you have relaunched east wind it's an independent quarterly for the northeast in collaboration with its founder oh that's great I'm Thank so you. glad people are also launching and relaunching things rather than just shutting stuff down. Yeah. He's co-founder and member of the editorial board of Partition Studies Quarterly, a new online journal focused on the forgotten cause and experiences of the partition of India and its northeast. You have won the Asian Leadership Fellow from India at the International House of Japan in Tokyo in 2018 and a Chevening Scholar at the University of Westminster London. That was This earlier year. this year remember you were going there just before you yeah, yeah. filed a few reports for us from bengal right yeah. bengal and assam and assam right yeah, yeah, yeah. so um and we have mehraj 
Hello. Our in-house team of Mehraj and Manisha. Hello. And joining us on the phone after a long time from Patna is Anand Vardhan. Hi, Anand. Hello, hello. So, um, Manisha, could you just go over the headlines? What is it that kept us occupied in the news yeah, world? Yeah, the Citizenship Amendment Bill was all over the news this week. It was passed in the Lok Sabha, then passed in the Rajya Sabha. It's finally got the President's assent and is now an act. Shiv Sena boycotted uh, the voting in Rajya Sabha, interestingly. There was some confusion about whether they're going to vote for it, they're going to vote against it, and finally they just left the house. <laughs> Since the bill has been cleared, there's been massive protests in Assam, in Tripura, in uh, Shillong also we're hearing. Uh, majorly students' organizations have called for an 11-hour shutdown. There've been internet has been snapped in these areas also. Two I, people died in Assam. Yeah, two people have died in Assam also. And I think these are unconfirmed news, but there has been some casualty in Tripura also. But we can't confirm it. I mean, these are reports that are coming in, but no one officially has yet. Uh, said so. Meanwhile, in Delhi too, there were protests. Uh, students of the Jamia Milia Samia uh, were protesting all night. Yesterday, they also blocked the roads there. There were massive rallies in Calcutta too. So this is this pretty much dominated news. And then uh, Prashant Kishore of the JDU was quite upset that uh, JDU voted in favor. So there's been some sort of an open sort of a war also in the party. Meanwhile, we've had uh, chief ministers like Amrinder Singh and the Kerala chief minister saying that we're not going to implement the citizenship bill in our states. There was also the devastating Delhi Anaj Mandi fire where close to 43 people died. Some of these were children. Um, we have a fantastic report on this, so you should read we up on that. We had two reports on this, in fact, didn't we? Yeah. We yeah. have multiple reports, but this is a new report by uh, Anomia. 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 We have another it's new a really yeah. heartbreaking story of people and who are affected by it. It details India. exactly what those working conditions were for and people. And in fact, Raman sir was telling me that he's following up with one more that he's working on. Yeah, hmm. from Patriot, yeah. yeah. The hearing on Article 317 Supreme Court has been deferred again for over a month. There's also a plea the Supreme Court seeking psychological help for Jammu and Kashmir, children in Jammu and Kashmir. JNU protests are still ongoing, though there have been news about how the central government is brokering some sort of an understanding with the students, but there were again lati charges. I think early this week, they, uh, students went out on a protest march and they were again beaten up by students and students said that these guys are just gundas in uniforms. Then we had the case of much publicized, um, the Nir- Nirbhaya or Jyoti Singh's uh, rape, murder and rapists who are waiting for the president to act on their mercy plea. One of them has claimed that he didn't send a mercy plea and it was sent without his consent. Um, There were some rumors during the rounds that he will be hanged or they will be hanged sometime next week. But apparently that's not possible because the Supreme Court is yet to, or the president is yet to decide on the mercy petition. petition. And and the Hyderabad case, of course, the, the ghastly case that captured much headlines last week. In response to that, Jagan has said that in his state, uh, within 21 days or 24 days? Investigation within a week and judgment, and judgment within and 21 the, days. And the punishment should also happen within 21 days. I don't know how yeah, that possible that is possible. and is that even legal? Can he do that? I mean, is that possible? There will be no appeal to the High Court because that is surely beyond his and the Supreme Court is beyond his mandate. In fact, I'd like to discuss even the states that say they don't implement CAB. What does that practically mean on the ground? Um, so, and the I was listening to the radio. This entire death penalty for the rapists and this being for blood has become even a talking point for radio jockeys like Ronak who are, in my view, extremely good mimics and extremely dim because their understanding of everything is so ridiculous. And just 
and radio is such a powerful medium and, and just the kind of shit that they talk is quite quite unfortunate and finally um, we had um, NHRC is carrying out its probe in the Hyderabad encounter amid protests and there is a judicial probe also on this uh, this this entire encounter there's a three member inquiry commission and meanwhile the UK election results are out today and Boris Johnson believe it or not imagine having to choose between him and Corbyn people yeah. have clearly chosen Boris because at least he had a clear plan no matter how shitty it was and in a most unfortunate development the Banaras Hindu University professor Feroz Khan has resigned and now he he will teach in a department that is not related to whatever religion and arts he are. hasn't resigned technically basically he has moved from one department to, to another, another department. one he'll still teach sanskrit but now a different department, department. Yeah, yeah in the arts faculty yeah so uh, on that note let's start with the biggest news of the week samrat where have you spent the last few weeks because i know you are sometimes in assam sometimes in bengal no i have not been in, in northeast india for the last few weeks i see i have not i have not been there I see. But mm-hmm. what do you call home now? Because you were in the last we spoke, you were moving. I think to Bengal, to Bengal outside Black yeah, from so Shillong. Yeah, so I I saw this coming, hmm. and uh, you've written about this as well. So I moved out, bag and baggage. I went. I'm one of the few outsiders, as it were, hmm. who moved back to Shillong from from Bombay, okay. which was the last place where I was fully hmm. employed. Okay. fully gain fully employed hmm. and uh, that was in 2017 and uh, i moved back it's very unusual for uh, people to move back you know to from a big city to a small town generally and especially for somebody who might be considered ethnically an outsider despite three generations in the place hmm. but i moved back but i saw this coming and uh, my parents are too old to deal with this nonsense anymore and so we packed up and moved to Calcutta to Calcutta from yeah. Shillong. Yeah. So uh, you have written on this several pieces for us over the last few years, yeah. and uh, you had actually kind of said this is an inevitability if yeah. uh, uh, CAB were to come yeah. out. On NRC also you'd written. Yeah, I've been against both NRC and CAB right from the start, and I've been writing mostly for News Laundry, but also elsewhere wherever you know. And my stance has been that they'll both be disastrous. Okay, and now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to get into just explaining the you know your position and why you think and also just give us an idea of how the local media actually uh, treats mm-hmm. this but for those mm-hmm. of you who came in late let me just quickly spell it out for you the citizen amendment bill says that people from the three uh, countries that's Afghanistan Bangladesh and Pakistan who have come into India on religious persecution will be eligible for indian citizen citizenship through that act and but only non muslims yeah uh, non muslims can also apply for citizenship like adnan sami got and they keep putting that about but that is not through this act they have a regular different procedure which may take 12 14 15 years or not no, at all no 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 it's it's 11 years normally and these guys are bringing it down for the non muslim migrants from Afghanistan Pakistan and Bangladesh 6 years 6 years. years so <laughs> you're getting a 5 year shortening of the uh, mandatory period of residency yeah. but the biggest problem is not so much the practicability of it because there are several problems of that which samrat will talk about the positioning of this bill is very smart in fact whether they you can do this anywhere in the country or not and keep people out of assam is another thing that we'll talk about once they get citizenship we can't stop them from going somewhere but i think this is more a messaging thing it's a it's what they'll contest an election on but the impact on the ground what it actually does please samrat tell us and about the local media how they cover this how is it seen over there i think impact on the ground is is evident already and uh, 
so we already know that there's curfew in various parts of assam in parts of meghalaya for example shillong is also under curfew really who would have yeah, thought yeah, yeah. and it's such a there were uh, shops were attacked and cars were burnt yesterday in the heart of the city in shillong and uh, and why is there such discontent there what are they scared of or what are they concerned about well so basically the the history of politics in the northeast has for the last since partition definitely but maybe even before that it has been dominated by fear of the outsider and the outsider over there is primarily the bengali but sometimes it can be the nepali it can be the bihari so for people elsewhere in india to give you context uh, you have a group you have had groups such as the shiv sena which were primarily son of the soil groups and at different times they were attacked south indians north indians biharis muslims you know mm. different groups so similarly in in the northeast also there are many such groups and they make the shiv sena look like pussycats okay so so it is this Yeah. local machismo yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for those of you um, what the impact has been assam there's an internet sh- shutdown in uh, now apparently in uh, manipur also tripura there's an internet shutdown yeah tripura has a n- problem also uh, there was an airline permit that i spoken about on hafta earlier that is that used to be required for nagaland arunachal pradesh and manipur mizoram no, no, mizoram now they extending it to manipur so yeah. there will be four states that will require that and, you know, and even meghalaya there is a demand oh really <laughs> it's bound to spread i mean which which state wants to be left out of this uh, wonderful protective regime wow because i remember it was a quite a challenge getting into arunachal and nagaland mm-hmm. but shillong we just drive from guwahati now mm-hmm. that's also mm-hmm. going to become a challenge well i mean they haven't got ilp yet but there is something else which is already in place so so that's the direction it's going the sk- sixth schedule of the no, sixth schedule has always been there for okay. a very long time sixth schedule of the constitution so how does that work different from ilp sixth schedule relates to property rights land rights okay. here's the entry even for more for two weeks mm-hmm. i need an ilp you will have to get mm-hmm. so i don't need an ilp for kashmir i need prevents me from buying property here here because i know cuz when we, we used to say go and shoot there quite often each time just getting you know the whole crew there was like we were the home ministry jada paper itni moti file jati thi phir ilp milta tha and then when just as you enter unachal there's this hello check post so then you have to get off then they look at all your ilp i mean it's uh, used to take half an hour to get in there it was yeah Okay. B- by the way, we'll be sending our newest reporter, who's just joined us, Ayan. Uh, he happens to be from Assam, so he'll be going there in the next two days, and hopefully, he'll get us a whole bunch of ground reports. So, those of you who've actually written in and even on Twitter have asked, are we sending anyone to Assam? Are we going to be covering this? Yes, we are, and uh, if possible, and safety allows, maybe he should travel around. outside assam and other states and get us some ground reports so do continue to contribute because such reports cost money his you know going there coming back staying and we have to make sure he has a vehicle to himself he has if he needs to run he can quickly get in and run because it is very violent there so uh, anand what what is locally is this being discussed in patna bihar and your nitish babu is there a fallout in his party with pawan verma and prashant kishore saying that he should not have voted in favor of the citizen amendment bill like janata dal united did in in raj sabha i have written a piece on it i hope it would be up by evening hmm. uh, so both mr bama and mr prashant kishore kind of leaders who are there for television appearances or election marketing or strategies but don't have any base in the ground politics of bihar so Mr. Nitish Kumar is curious about what they think. 
so what uh, mr nitesh kumar is uh, perhaps uh, gaining clarity on is that uh, in the last two three elections which includes a lok sabha election and an assembly election the perception of him being with uh, the bjp has contributed to a situation where his uh, vote share among the muslim community has uh, come down to around 5 or 6% so uh, if the perception ar- around uh, cab is that it is uh, not inclined towards muslims then he is of the view now that uh, he cannot afford more uh, to be uh, in a situation where he would be uh backing a vote bank which is anyway not going to be his so also the in the last lok sabha election his his relevance is only with the bjp now without bjp he has no real constituency to vote for him so he has to stick by them is that right i mean uh, he has uh, see he has a non obc uh, non obc non yadav obc non yadav obc plus uh, uh certain mahadalit sections which is a, uh, which is a segment within the dalit vote he had a small thing uh, support base in that but uh, the only plus point is with him is that he is the only chief ministerial material which mm. can be put uh, as a chief minister candidate even bjp has not a, a very homegrown leader of his stature so uh what i i i'm coming back to the point that i was making that in the last lok sabha elections the gap between the vote percentage of the mahagathbandhan and nda was 28% so um, mr kumar reckons that this is an unacceptable lead even if local factors are taken into account in the assembly elections which are due for november 2020 so mm. this is an unacceptable lead and he can go without the support of the muslim community and the good governance agenda plus the strong whole of bjp among different sections of voters may keep him in the chief ministerial chair for five more years so with this calculation he has for the time being decided to make peace with the nda uh, but with mr kumar you don't uh, never know means uh, he his uh, assessments have a very short self life yeah but for, like... but for the but for the time being uh, that seems to be how he is uh, seeing that development yeah the rjd and jdu did not last very long but he's yeah he's like a mayawati you never know which way she played in fact Mayawati's MPs also voted yeah, in favor BS- of no uh, yeah yeah no they walked out BSP walked out also they, they didn't they were, I I know one of them didn't land up there were eight who didn't land up in the Rajya Sabha in fact yeah. two BJP guys also didn't land up in the Rajya Sabha one Congress person didn't land up in the Rajya Sabha but yeah I think a BSP MP also didn't land up in the Rajya Sabha but yeah Meraj now that there are three other states that have joined your state with no internet and as one BJP minister had famously said that Mahabharat ke zamane mein internet hota tha. तो इंटरनेट अभी नहीं है 
we either have to have a mahabharat so we can get internet or then this no internet has to spread to all states then we'll have some sort of consistency i mean this has been happening for a while india is the world's leading country when it comes to internet shutdown and not leading by a small margin by like yes huge 176 internet shutdowns have been in the last year alone in kashmir alone and the 2016 shutdown that was for 5 months that's the like that's the record of the largest longest, longest shutdown. shutdown anywhere in the world internet shutdown so this has been happening it's and it's going to whenever this has become convenient tool for the bureaucracy whenever there's some trouble they just shut down Shutter the internet and not just internet shutdowns we are also between iran egypt and afghanistan we are in the top 4 in take down notices also take down so, notices so also are, yes uh, there's been uh, recently there's been this uh, story about how uh, mostly kashmiri profiles on activist profiles on facebook not even activist academic activist profiles they're just being deleted randomly hmm on twitter also and when they contact facebook and twitter they say hmm. ki indian notice. officials have complained to us that this is against the indian law so we're taking it down hmm. some are being restored some are not being restored so there's apparently some secret operation happening somewhere which is like following social media and sure. obviously there have been stories also in the prime minister's office itself there have been there's the cell which monitors social media what it's saying about the prime minister and the bjp really i made fun of amit shah man am i in trouble <laughs> fuck yeah and, I mean, I. and and we had a story recently about the whatsapp snooping hmm. right so this is a very pervasive surveillance but when it comes state. to say be out of all the coverage you saw any that stood out for you were explaining the issue or complicating it needlessly I mean the best article I have seen so far is Samrat's which we have just published. This is not seriously. Mm. I mean it's a it basically explains why this is using Arnab Goswami as a peg mm. why he isn't siding with the BJP on this yeah, issue. Yeah, I was very surprised. He, yeah. Although the Republic Bharat so I went to see what he was saying so while he was saying I cannot back the, you go to Republic Bharat they are going rara so he's kind of doing a balancing act tum wo bhi khush rahe but I should not no no he's know. breaking with the BJP on this issue and that's very interesting why it's happening hmm. that explains why BJP sort of as samrat says why they sort of misread it hmm. they didn't get what what is going to happen and what is happening right now is because of those issues that identity of assamese and hindu nationals which is on a higher plane which is on a lower plane which will you choose if there's a conflict between so the two so basically their their ethnic identity supersedes their religious identity yeah that's in basically fact, it and it's amazing that bjp didn't see this coming cuz that is the party that's used identity politics to reach where it is today to then completely undermine identity politics of the northeast i, I really don't know who their advisors are from there if it's subhrashtra and people like rajat sethi i'm <laughs> not surprised where they are here because even during the nrc you had assamese muslims supporting it because mm. for them the problem was never hindu muslim people it was always bengali bangladeshi people coming in mm. hindu or muslims and that's what arnab also says that we don't want hindu or muslims entering we want immigrants or outsiders or bengali i mean depending on who you talk to out while a lot of people who are protesting today in assam against this bill it's quite fascinating to see that the it has this really strong strain of like ethno nationalism which at one point was happy to persecute people in nrc because there your identity was you know Primary. assamese over bengali and now you see that same thing coming back to bite you and you're like oh shit we don't really want i mean we're actually against bjp doing all of this so i thought that was quite fascinating i'm i'm very surprised i mean not to brag again but again on news laundry like samrat wrote in may 2018 saying 2018 pace saying that Kashmir, um, northeast would burn if they would bring 
citizenship and amendment why, why were you so certain of this samrat just if i may ask i mean what is that you got some resentment or hostility while you were there and you thought it could break into full blown violence like why were you so certain that this would happen in case they did implement cab or no because i i mean three generations of my family have experienced you know it's 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 not book learning it's just lived reality experience itself so we've seen you know first partition then post partition so for example at partition my grandparents were displaced from what is now bangladesh mm. and uh, my father moved to uh, what is now assam he was in jorhat in 1960 when the first anti bengali riots broke out okay and he had to flee for his life okay and uh, i grew up with the ethnic insurgencies in all around actually yeah all of that mm. so when i was when i used to walk to school in shillong my house was not far from the state assembly and the graffiti on the wall of the assembly at that time used to say in big bold letters khasi by blood indian by accident oh i see okay so, so that was the primary identity so so i am not surprised at all you know i i knew i mean see you can pay people off to sing your tune and they'll they'll take the money and sing the tune but it's very transactional the deal was done i'm not sure that the you know the underlying uh, uh, sentiments have of subnationalism have been necessarily washed away by hindu nationalism yeah though i think what the bjp's want to do is to to sort of have hindu nationalism as that big beast that swallows all these small subnational you know fights and this is i think the first clash that we are seeing yeah. properly yeah. of that, the hindutva yeah. versus yeah. the ethno national yeah. sort of that that is that is the project and that yeah. that is the project which in fact assam is the finest example of because characters like arnab and i have to thank you for bringing arnab's turn to my you know attention because i don't watch his channel or any of those channels for that matter <laughs> but that's the thing i mean for people like him and for many others also their their ethno nationalism ultimately takes precedence so there was this mm-hmm. you know amit shah tweeted had a meeting with shri kirith pradyot dev barman head of manikya dynasty the royal family of tripura and patel kanya jamatia president of tpf now is it true that one of them have retweeted that tweet saying that we said that we will not compromise yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so so Pra- pradyut he's the maharaja now of tripura he's from the royal family right and uh, well he's also a journalist isn't he i've met him once pra- he used to run something called tnt the the near northeast today right yeah yeah hmm so he is very clear that uh, he wants to challenge this in the supreme court and he wants to bring up the terms of the instrument of accession by which the princely state of tripura which his great grandfather signed is, so now everyone's going back to that basically correct. a kashmir is happening everywhere now correct because you've opened up the the pandora's box of partition history hmm. Hmm. and the pandora's box of partition history people know about punjab hmm. they might know a little about bengal actually kashmir to some extent is unfinished business of partition hmm. and northeast which no never figures in partition history is a lot of it exactly is, it is, is there was a lot of involved partition. partition anand uh, if you could come in here since you are in house analyst and crystal ball gazer manisha's question that who advises these people because someone 
the other day told me that you know that trump is very smart or you know modi is very smart so i said you can be very smart because of course trump is very smart his show was the number one viewership for nine seasons so he understands reality shows well i mean and it revolved around him that you know you're fired the apprentice but that doesn't mean he's smart at foreign policy he's smart at being the center of attention and getting the number one viewership which could get him elected similarly amit shah and narendra modi could be very smart in you know creating an infrastructure that gives them visibility and gets them but that doesn't mean they're smart at actually policy so the minutia of policy yeah, yeah. the different kind of smarts yeah like you know so uh, a anand what is your view you think that they had calculated this and got it wrong or you think this was what they intended all along that this kind of outcry would happen yes you see uh, first when uh, you make this kind of decisions there are intended and unintended consequences and uh, you uh, make allowances for things which may not uh, be in your, in your control so uh, the law and order scenario is can spiral out of your control you i think uh, make these uh, assessments so apart from the party policy makers we say party people you also account accounts of, of the local intelligence the police brass and uh, the say state dgps or something and with the unpredictability of human behavior there is always a chance that there could be elements or that may not be in your control so governance is about that also that dealing with things that will be not in your control the point here is that uh, what is the pre- uh, periodicity of uh, things being, being not in your control it is two months three months six months if it is long enough then it becomes a political liability hmm what do you think miraj you think they had thought this through obviously they would have thought it through i mean so this is an intended consequence or an unintended consequence maybe they even figured this in their calculations and they are fine with it i mean like in kashmir they are fine with what happens in kashmir as long as they get the votes elsewhere in india and that's why i think what you were asking about earlier how the media has reported that that's why this is it's problematic i mean even the saner ones the way they are framing this like it's a deflection from the economy hmm. this is what jinnari erected or something that's hmm. really really terrible that's disingenuous one this is the essential agenda hmm. this is the essential economy is just a process mm. of governance an inconvenient process of governance they have to look at it's going down but whatever mm. people aren't bothered about it neither are they because that, that is what the... that was the mandate of the election second this whole jinnah thing i mean that that's he's been dead 70 years mm. and before jinnah there was savarkar before jinnah there was rss pakistan doesn't have a cab In fact it's the only country in the whole region whole of Asia which gives citizenship only if you are born on that soil you get citizenship no other country has that in this region yeah only US is the other one yeah. that has it this is the only true right. and this is a country where 19 million people are stateless hmm. in Assam and where people are being driven into what are concentration camps so this whole idea that we are somehow better and this is suddenly come come up NRC didn't start today it started a long time ago this whole idea of a citizenship bill didn't start today it didn't start in 2014 it has a long history behind it so all these things have built up to this point of crisis the, although i will say of course the lot of you know whether it was the i mean this whole one nation one law is it's never been the case but i think i've said this long time ago on hafta several times that i don't think the bjp's project was ever an economic project 
it has always been a cultural project and it will always remain a cultural project and i don't think they even care that the economy is going down they don't believe that can make win them votes in fact we've discussed on hafta several times but i do think that the chaos is very deliberate because in the chaos only the personality emerges that like for example in a decisive person like in boris, britain right now boris yeah. is not a very popular prime minister he is very deeply unpopular but everything is so chaotic and corbyn is not clear matlab he's a he's a bit i think off in the head yeah. just the kind of things kind he says of no no i mean on brexit they had a very vague yeah it's policy so, so yeah so and yeah. he says bhai x karo ya y karo so even though you have someone like who's deeply unpopular he'll still be elected similarly i think in the middle of chaos yahan ye jal raha hai wahan wo jal raha hai yahan ek aadmi dikhta hai vote chalo usko de do khatam baat or you just get put off voting so i think that this is their plan all along and it ties in with a cultural project and like i said that economic project was never their priority and also it's the sort of the power of a simple idea hindu hindustan whatever the slogan I, I, is I, i i agree because it may be that uh, the you know the short term reaction was not factored in so hmm. for example they planned to have a summit between shinzo abe and narendra modi in guwahati and then the protesters came out and burnt them down hmm. and now we don't know where that summit is going to be held or if it is going to be held so i guess <laughs> that they did not factor in but the long term slightly longer term political uh, calculation that the rest of india simply will not understand the complications hmm. and therefore when you sell them the idea of throwing out you know in immigrant illegal immigrant muslims hmm. from bangladesh bangladeshi khadao basically and uh, giving citizenship to persecuted hindus seeking refuge both of which are actually jumlas honestly yeah. but uh, but it it's so simple and uh, you'll find the, enough buyers the, for it the big misconception here and this was spread by journalists also that were saying that so many minorities are being persecuted in you know afghanistan and pakistan and uh, uh, bangladesh and they're all going to be able to come here that's not true there's a cut off date of 31st december 2014 so it is not as if refugees are lining up outside our borders who've been persecuted in these so countries this won't who want to come here no. after that it's and it's some 30000 people who ib has identified as these are the guys who you know who came who've already been living in refugee colonies who will naturalize and you could have done this through an order also you didn't need an act you could have simply passed an order and naturalized these guys because they've been living here for so long so this whole thing also that's been spun that now we will be the homeland for all these persecuted minorities and our neighbors is a lie we're not they're not going to be allowed to come in right in fact uh, i just want to discuss one last aspect of this but before i do that which is the can states say that we won't implement it and what that really means on the ground or is that also jumla uh, but before i do that you know the last 3 days i've been at two conferences and both these conferences this whole thing of tackling fake news has come up you know who should be liable for it should it be the intermediary the platform should be shared liability should twitter and facebook and google also you know be have something to, to say that how are they pushing fake news so uh, some simple minded members of that conference said that you know i think um, if the government kind of in the regulatory framework if they say that fake news will be dealt they basically was saying the government should be part of the solution so i was like do you even listen to what they say on parliament like fucking amit shah says what the fuck he wants any bullshit pel do karono log khush ho jayenge karono fuck he, they'll misquote years they'll say 
I was like, they don't give a shit about fake news. This is this spread more fake news than any of you. So that's not where you should look for the same. Yeah, we the actually only have time a, they actually go against fake news is legitimate news when they want to discredit a report in Indian Express or anywhere else. They'll say, oh, this is fake news. We that's actually have a piece going up, uh, be in a short while, uh, from Assam. So Vinay Sahasrabuddhi, who's a BJP MP, he spoke in Rajya Sabha yesterday about this uh, Majoli Island. Majoli, it's called, right? Majoli, Majoli Island, world's largest river island. Mm. And he just said it's full of illegal Bangladeshi immigrants, used a lot of really bad language. And uh, the, we have this piece which basically says this is the population, this is the population, this is the population. It's 46% indigenous population, uh, 41% uh, schedule caste population, 99% basically indigenous population. Mm. Simple, simple facts. This is like in 2011 census. Right. And he's speaking in Rajya Sabha. Yeah. And they just, and just lie. The they want. That's unfortunate. Now, coming to states. Now, what President Adhis said, and, and uh, Anand can come in first on this. Amrinder has said they will not implement CAB hmm. in Punjab. Mamta has said they will not do it here. And uh, Pinyari has said in Kerala. Now, citizenship is granted by the Ministry of External Affairs. That is the central ministry. There is no Ministry of External Affairs in the United States. So if you want to be a citizen and get a passport, yeah, only actually, the central government can give it. So when they can't. say we will not implement it, <laughs> at best what you can say is that if this person is not a citizen and if an if a agency like the police or an executive is supposed to arrest a person who is staying, they say we will not arrest these people, we will let them live. But they cannot give that person citizenship. That is something that they cannot do. What they can do is not implement NRC. That For that you need the state machinery to carry out the entire census. They say we will not do Here's what I think. I was thinking, will this become the BJP's Jan Lokpal? BJP's Jan Lokpal will be, I don't know whether they realize it, if they do an NRC All India, that is what is going to do to them what the entire anti-corruption movement did to Really? Yeah. And I'll explain why maybe in a future hafta. But Anand, what do you think? This whole thing, we will not implement X or Y. What is viable and what is not viable? And does this set a dangerous precedent that future governments can say we will not follow the law of the land that the parliament sets? For BJP, half the job is done when uh, this particular issue went through the legislative process. It hogged limelight, limelight, and it was in a way one of the realizations of prime objectives. One of the prime objectives uh, that guided Shama Prakatta Mukherjee in the ideological as well as political predecessor of BJP. Uh, he resigned uh, on 1st April 1950 on the kind of treatment that was given to the Bengali refugees who were coming from East Pakistan. Uh, uh, also, Keshi Niyogi, one of his colleagues, uh, uh, resigned uh, from the Nehru cabinet for the same region. The issue of treatment of Hindu refugees was always going to find a political space. It is just that the BJP was uh, is now strong enough and uh, is now strong enough, more politically organized to push one of its key ideological projects, uh, what you call the cultural project. So. By making it uh, hog the national limelight, half of uh, it is done. So even if some states refuse or not refuse, uh, that, that, that would not concern them as much. Uh, second is uh, 
I, I was uh, thinking about it, and one of the things that uh, um, bothered me and has bothered me about the media coverage about issues like this is the certitudes with which the both people on both sides of the divide talk about. I mean, certitudes about history, constitutionality, uh, as if this is a lie, that is a, that is the truth, that is... Now, you see, constitutional interpretation of different clauses uh, is not exact science like physics and chemistry, that you can say that this is constitutional, this is unconstitutional. Now, both sides are claiming that this is unconstitutional or constitutional. Now, in something in which interpretations are subject to such weirdness or high degree of subjectivity, you need an arbiter and let the judiciary decide on it. Even if it is upheld by the Supreme Court, it does not mean that uh, it is now the gospel truth that it was constitutional. No, it is the Supreme Court's interpretation of certain clauses. And also, uh, uh, the government's prerogative of a policy decision on refugees. Now, it may narrow it down, um, the court may narrow down, it down to such uh, limited points of reference. So, what I'm saying is that even historical facts, now, uh, plucked out of a, a context based on a particular letter, based on a particular speech. Uh, I am very suspect about uh, writing about history or constitutional provisions with kind of scientific precisions that people pontificating on television, in television studios and in newspaper columns do. Hmm. Um, looking at both sides, you may partly agree on some points, you may not. But uh, with such certitudes, uh, that, that has been a disappointing aspect uh, about the coverage. Yeah. Right. Okay. Manisha, you want to come in on this? Just on one, I mean, not on parliament or constitutionality and all, but Amit Shah, when the parliament did say that uh, Bharat ka vibhajan dharam ke adhar pe congress ne kiya, now that is a lie. I mean, Bharat ka vibhajan was, we, we never said we are going to be a Hindu state. Pakistan hmm. did decide to become an Islamic state, but Hindus were, it was a land for everyone. So now to say, I mean, those things they are trying to overturn and there's no truth in that. Right. We weren't. We were never a religious-based, a religion-based country. And also, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the the crescendo, the climax of their speeches happened at between eight and ten at night, in at Parliament. Why? Because that's prime time. Everyone's at home watching. Oh. So I don't. So you know, like suddenly, oh, they're sitting at night. This Parliament sits at night so often when he's thundering. Fuck! Of course, it's fucking, dude. I mean, I can say it now. We knew what what cameras would like when Jan Lokpal happened. And we used to time whatever announcement was to be made or whatever drama was to be done at a particular time. You can't fucking time at 11 in the morning when bloody people are rushing to office. So, of course, Amit Shah is going to make that, like at night, 8.30, he's making that speech. I'm sitting at dinner. I'm like, why are they sitting there? I said, oh, okay, that's where it's still. It's fucking no, prime time. I think there's also, also that envy about Nehru's midnight independence <laughs> speech. But also what was very disturbing during this speech, I just remember, that was Vinkaya and I do asking uh, the Tele telecast to stop asking Rajya Sabha to stop telecasting uh, live proceedings when Amit Shah started getting cornered by MPs on Assam Accord mm. because this violates the Assam Accord so there were MPs from Assam who was kind of cornering him and he just said kuch nahi dikhega 
and there was just a blackout yeah, yeah, yeah. there but, is but he's slightly bit of a buffoon it's a, a state funded tv you can't i mean it's not your namo tv that you can just say okay now yeah, now, now you don't show now you show he was a i think he was a buffoon when he was bjp chief back when it between him and pramod mahajan and arun jetli they keep fighting about who's more relevant he has outlived them all although he seemed the most unfit at the time i must admit and uh, he told a, a, a lady mp who wanted to talk about they were discussing uh, arms guns or something to do with gun regulation and he said you don't need to worry women don't have to carry guns we will protect you you know uh, he's the fucking speaker yeah you're not rotten uncle who's come for a shaadi I can take your job seriously, man. But I felt really bad in terms of watching the opposition also debate this. There were so many points that you could have really cornered them on, and none of them really. Oh, the, I think that's true. And it was on this so debate. sad. Absolutely, I so many questions this. like why the December cutoff? Like, what's the logic? What's the logic of these three countries? Why no Tamil Nadu? Why no? Uh, no, that was asked. I think Shashi Tharoor wasn't allowed to finish his. Ha! That they asked, and one person made an important point about atheists also because they are also persecuted. But the cutoff date wasn't answered. I mean, and it's very random. Like, why, why, why? What is this cut-off date all about? And lakhon crore logon ki madad hogi. Who are these lakhon crore people? That is a very valid point because, by my reckoning, well, I mean, the IB chief uh, in the JPC report on CAB had said thirty-one thousand three hundred and thirteen individuals, but it's probably less than that because uh, during the parliamentary debate in the Rajya Sabha, Ripun Bora, who's a, a Congress MP in the Rajya Sabha. from assam mentioned that the previous home minister uh, had given in parliament a figure of 4044 individuals uh, who have applied for citizenship on grounds of having fled religious persecution hmm. there are probably states where the number of applicants is in single digits right 4000 and all in india correct amazing So, so, yeah. so that is why it is connected so, to nrc so that is why it is it a bit of a jumble and uh, you know about the states and about who can give citizenship now the fact of the matter is that the laws relating to who can give citizenship and how somebody at the ground level has to implement it you have to make an application to your local district collector's office or district magistrate or you know some some district level official this law was already amended and so seven states gujarat rajasthan delhi madhya pradesh chatisgarh और भी है फाइव और फाइव और सिक्स स्टेट्स आई आई माइट बी फोगेटिंग बट दीज फाइव डेफिनेटली आर इन अ सिचुएशन एट प्रेजेंट वेयर द डिस्ट्रिक्ट कलेक्टर्स डिस्ट्रिक्ट मैजिस्ट्रेट्स कैन ऑलरेडी ग्रांट सिटीजनशिप सो देर फोर एटलीस्ट दिस हैज बीन डन फॉर हिंदू रेफ्यूजीज फ्रॉम पाकिस्तान हु आर इन कैम्प्स इन प्लेसेज लाइक जोधपुर जैसलमेर राजस्थान और इन मजनू का टीला इन दिल्ली now these people don't need a special amendment of citizenship laws to get citizenship is that right it could have been done at the district magistrates exactly. level and those those so, provisions already exist in law so clearly this is a hindu rashtra and so it's a it's a political ploy hmm. and uh, regarding states saying they won't implement it nrc was implemented in assam it's supposed to be a national register of citizens assam is not a nation it mm. was done at a you know at a at a state level implemented by a state with state government officials working right so any implementation of anything has to be at the state level yeah, so what you're saying is they can actually india we, it's yeah. a federation i mean uh, it's not it's a, it's a it's a sort of a a, con, a concert of equals so so let we me can't just... have we, ca- we are not uh, bengal or or tamil nadu or punjab are not uh, or kerala are not uh, feudatories of gujarat hmm they are equals 
and if that principle of equality is not respected then you're taking everything back to partition take it back man it's hmm. it's all on the table you know hmm. i mean the uh, the way out of it as i say it is like ra- but that's not going to happen is radical decentralization i mean radical in the sense that the center has power only over say defense external affairs right. and communications everything is decided by the states and within the states by like district authorities village authorities but then in india the problem is because you have this hierarchical society you have caste system sure. if a village That's is to decide something it will be the upper caste will decide something right. for that i think you'll have to have proportional representation which was proposed by ambedkar and at a time by jinnah also mm. but i mean like that's like Okay. that's a long 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 term project if it ever happens so one thing about uh, that uh, interruption in rajyasabha proceeding uh, means the telecast of rajyasabha proceedings so it may uh, i have not seen at what point it was stopped uh, but just uh, on a lighter note so in mid 90s there was a lok sabha recording of uh, a debate not a not recording live telecast and rambilash pashman was speaking and uh, from behind some members were giving a running commentary of why he needs to be stopped so some people actually used abusive words and one said i remember that the bhang kha ke bol raha hai isko bolo so 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 yeah so uh, i i think that at that time i am not comparing it because there is lot of misrepresentation of what people say here on haftarat so mm. i am not saying that venkaiya naidu's interaction was in that category but mm. uh, what i am saying is that i thought that at that time the chair should have intervened to stop that telecar because as a member of of the parliament mr pashman did not be subjected to that kind of language right now i want to come to the delhi and ajmandi fire but before that i just want to read out a couple of emails the first of these mails is from arun a subscriber i've been a subscriber for a little over 7 months listening to a new episode every sunday morning while cooking chicken for the week is something i relish arun hame bhej diya kar yaar kuch chicken kai bar ha Last week I was hoping to hear everyone put their thoughts forward on the citizen amendment bill but unfortunately CAB wasn't discussed much on the podcast hopefully this week it will be boss ek ghanta pura CAB discuss kare aapke liye at the time of writing this as far as i know the entire northeast is under shutdown well not all of it but well you got all the information here then he ends with saying probably because whatever is happening hasn't affected us in any way yet the sad part is i don't see an end in sight for all the madness the government has got a hold over every institution they can bring in whatever bills they want opposition doesn't exist how do we emerge out of this arun well arun oh ho despondent email ha well all is not lost as you see people are putting up a fight in assam hum hai na <laughs> there are enough institutions i'm not saying we're an institution yet although i'm not sure many of us belong in institutions that will never give up not until they drag it out of my cold dead hands drag what i don't know maybe this mic so yeah don't be so despondent man there's always everyone's got a little battle in them as do we then uh, goonj mohan says that's an interesting name goonj goonj had something to do with your cry when you were born it was it was an echoing cry okay bad joke Hi NLT I'm a subscriber to save Pariksha the trouble of checking I thought he would but I guess he'll check anyway I wanted to discuss the demand for death penalty by the public I think the punishment for a crime has three aspects justice to the victim reforming the criminal 
and deterrent to other potential criminals. The death penalty ensures that one and three are satisfied, which is justice to the victim and deterrent to the... Actually, it doesn't deter. There's data to suggest that, but anyway. But the second, reform does not... It, it does not do the reforming, is what you're saying. The high demand for death penalty seems to indicate that we as a society see punishment only as a way of evening the score yeah. and as a deterrent. Reformation is not a concept in our... Mm. Radar. People demand death penalty for criminals who rape and then murder. The righteousness of this demand is driven by the need for justice. The logic behind that a person who commits murder must also die. But is this justice or is this eye for an eye? Masquerading as justice. Or is eye for an eye equivalent to justice in cases of murder? Are we ignoring the negative externality on the society when we decide to let the state kill another human being? Ours is not a civil society. Crime and violence are rampant across the country. This is something that I understand completely. Does that mean extreme punishments are the right way in helping us become more human? If not, then what is the right way? This is not a rhetorical question. I would genuinely like to know if there were other countries which had the same inhumanity as India does and how did they manage to change their society? If you guys can discuss this issue on the half that would be great. Please provide historical events and concrete examples along with the usual rants. Hi, Abhinanda. For next, we'll have to prepare. Lastly, Manisha... (laughs) is often cut mid-sentence relative to other panelists. And so I request Manisha to to please, please start using the phrase, let me finish. I understand that I have no right to dictate how anyone speaks, but there have been several occasions when I thought she was onto interesting observation and then she gets cut off and the point is never made. I didn't cut you this time. Bigger forces... This inevitably leads to me explaining Are baat to puri kar behen. <laughs> So please behen, Always complete your thought Because even though you may think it wasn't very important There are many like me who think it was Thank you I needed that So um, Okay uh, Goonj we'll address this In fact it's interesting you should Bring out our inhuman society Because um, my uh, I was yesterday trying to figure out on my iPad How to remove notifications You know if you slide right the news comes Basically, if you on iPhones and I, I don't I, have I anything. Okay. <laughs> if if you just swipe right from the you know outside to inside, just top news comes. Just they can be from anywhere. So um, my nephew was playing and he swiped that and there was something about this you know the grape in Hyderabad and then he of course clicked on it as, as children will. Then the platform he went on, there was a video embedded in that platform what? where then he clicked on, uh, you know, off the video of, it's mosaic, but dead body is lying. Mm. Then he'll read it. And then I realized over the last four or five days, he has read and seen some videos which swipe because otherwise I have the rest of the filter I keep under control. So I was trying to remove it and I was thinking, what kind of fucking society are we that you can't get your kids to read the news? You know, the amount of videos that are so-and-so being beaten to death, so-and-so being bashed to death. In the Northeast, only those people who were dragged and people laughing. Lynchings. The, all have been Lynchings captured all on camera. Yeah. I think there's a serious problem and that bloodlust is something that people like Jagan Reddy tap into, our radio jockeys tap into, our Arnabs tap into and saying, hang them now. What is hang them now? What kind of fucking hashtag is hang them now? Fuck off, man. There's a judicial process. Fucking go hang yourself now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But... The problem that that has actually stared us in the face for a long time is that you saw it in, in Bombay long ago, in Abtak Chappan and so on and so mm. forth, the valorizing of instant justice, because mm. everybody anecdotally knows that the justice system doesn't work, which is also the same reason why when you would have a car crash, people would not stop. 
Mm. You know, it's all part of the same thing because you don't want to be embroiled in any kind of case. You know the justice system is shot to hell. You know the police is corrupt, and you know that police reform is never going to happen. You know the judiciary is not going to finish its case load of whatever lakhs of cases are pending. So obviously, that sense of injustice keeps building up, and, and the demand for instant justice is a reaction to that sense of injustice. And this is what actually also got um, Balat Hakres so relevant in Maharashtra when people address people want to address their you know injustices wanted. I, I want to finish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let that, me finish. Uh, let me finish. Sorry, <laughs> that uh, lady who spoke about you know reformation. Hmm. Very interesting and. also i think in a cultural context now let me go back to our favorite uh, you know epics jinna no, no mahabharat hinduism mahabharata ramayana etc hmm. etc et the thing is that uh, valmiki was a robber before Ratnakar. he yeah hmm. and you see that same sort of story in buddhism also uh, where you have the robber dacoit who becomes a monk Hmm. and uh, you know so the the concept that uh, that reformation is actually possible and a killer can become a saint is something which is actually embedded in the very same hindu sanskriti that these people are so proud of it seems to be going out or perhaps has gone out of hindu sanskriti like the internet <laughs> it was there during the mahabharat it's it not there now <laughs> but uh, so uh, we'll uh, anyone want to weigh on weigh on this before we start talking about the delhi fire and no we can go to the delhi fire yes uh, hello yes ha yeah. uh, so uh, just uh, a very shameless bit of self promotion i i have written a piece on it last week so uh, which uh, i assume that like most of my pieces only i have read So, so uh, uh, don't give me this amitabh bachchan type uh, this, this is this is no this is amitabh bachchan type uh, fake modesty main to kuch nahi go ahead <laughs> on uh, samrat's point if uh, i can distinguish uh, between the voice of samrat and uh, mehraj i'm confused with speaking <laughs> so uh, those who identify with the uh, cultural logic of it Say which uh, loosely, which are, who are loosely say um, that's not an accurate description. Say right wing. Now they can be identified uh, with, uh, or they identified themselves with the larger ideological fold of conservatism. Now conservatism is just uh, any of them don't realize is. reverse just the reverse of instant justice uh, so uh, conservatism is unhurried wisdom it does not uh, uh, go for very instant uh, uh, say judgment it, it is very steady kind of wisdom and it does not uh, it is not hurried in making judgment also uh, instant justice is a form of radicalism which is something that conservatives are very really averse to so uh, in doing so if a section of right wing identifies itself with instant justice it is undermining its own ideological platform i see so i'll just give the context of this huge fire that happened in delhi uh, last week and 
it was pretty horrific uh, there were several children who died it happened at night right what time did the fire break out 5 in the morning 5 in the morning early oh, morning so it was early morning and uh, the i mean yeah and around the, that time they're saying and that this things that went in the fire brigades only one of the fire brigades could actually reach anywhere close to it because it's a tiny lane where the building is mm. yeah so uh, and there have been uh, stories of you know local people one i don't know where i read the story of this in these times this guy he knew he was going to die because he was trapped in the fire he called up um, his friend and said just watch out for Indian my family express had friend page his brother and he called and said yeah too so no this was a he's a muslim guy who was dying and he called this other guy who was a hindu it was the other yeah. way around one of them so i thought was, and that guy was interviewed says yes i'll take care of his family but um what was really um tragic about this uh, this whole fire which was in anaj mandi and specifically the death count now is 46 and okay. 16 injured and it was actually on sunday it was on the weekend and 150 firefighters you know battled the flames and 50 fire engines took four hours to douse the blaze and it could have actually spread and that area has and it says less than 24 hours before the blaze a fire broke out on the fourth floor of a similar illegal factory now once this happened of course the blame game started and uh, gautam gambhir uh, who i think is the biggest i mean we have tough competition but i def- i genuinely think he is the biggest buffoon to be elected into parliament because the kind of stuff he says like you remember when he said that i have to make a living for my family why why will i attend parliament i would rather do eat like, jalebis i mean are you even thinking what you're saying is there a filter he's like an idiot he's he's clearly an idiot and then here he went and said will the delhi government answer of course let's have a reminder to the mcd comes yeah. under you and they give the permissions but stories like this is there any way to cover them that leads to impact because when it comes to parliament you know when it comes to bills news coverage does lead to impact i mean we have seen that you know people start going soft on bail or the whole janlokpal bill was only introduced because of media pressure but these kind of things no amount of media story because that day it was on every channel i remember in the morning it was till till evening it was live wall to wall on every channel but what can news do in cases like this it doesn't lead to anything does it no that's because mostly these people are poor and powerless so few people care about them and the coverage is also not about the people like i was saying that a story we published by anu meher that's about the people how it impacts them how their lives are so precarious that this guys the person who we have featured in that story his wages for the last week were due on that very day when the fire started because the owner ran away it was an illegal factory so he didn't have wages he didn't have anything to eat he wanted to go back home he didn't have money to buy a train ticket so what are the lives of these people and there are apparently 7000 such illegal uh, factories in delhi and people in those factories are migrant workers mostly even children like some 12 13 years old who have to work from 10 in the morning to 1 at night sleep where they work eat where they work and at night they are locked in this person says we were locked in the building the caretaker would lock the door why because the people who are the residents of the area didn't want all these migrants on the streets at night because right. they were wary of them and all that so these are poor people who don't have any power in society who don't have any privilege in society and people don't care about them and the misfortune of these people is even if you follow the law say you follow the law and close these factories they're the first ones to be impacted you don't follow the law you don't follow the labor laws they're the first people to be impacted so they're so they get yeah. so they're screwed either way yeah yeah and, and the very scary thing about this whole incident was and 
this is something i was wondering right from the beginning that why were they locked why because many of the reports said that they couldn't escape they were locked now it turns out in these areas this is what their life is like from 10 o'clock in the morning to 1 o'clock at the night they are sewing bags most of these bags are used by you know like if airtel organizes a marathon hmm. or it's a matter delivery guys deliver whatever uh, we order those bags so it goes to someone it goes to someone finally lands up with these guys they get earn about 30 rupees per bag 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock they are sewing bags and then they sleep there because they don't have the money so they use the factory as also their places to stay Now these guys at night are locked by a caretaker because the neighbors don't feel safe around migrants from UP and Bihar. So they actually tell these caretakers that you lock them. So if there's an emergency or if they need to go out, they need to call the caretaker to open the lock so that they could escape. So most of them couldn't escape that night because they were locked. That's because the neighborhood feels unsafe around these guys. And I thought, I mean, that is just. it's incredible it's to be that person also it's the problem is also with the building laws if you see that building the stairs inside i mean one person can barely walk up hmm. and the windows are so tiny you can't get out even through a window so this is right. like one problem after another problem after another and problem and children so the in, guy who's yeah. profiled in the story that anumaya has done he started doing this work when he was 14 yeah and he's been doing this for 10 years still have children I mean, you have brands now like Zara and Mango and all who are kind of looking into where their production chain finally lands up and who's, you know, really making the stuff for them. I think it's high time that brands in India also start really figuring out. I Maybe mean, it's not their fault. Maybe we should also because, but yeah, no, but it's good. I mean, I, I mean, I've never thought like when you told me, I wonder where our uh, the media rumble bags come from. We should check next time we order who we give the order to. So there's to. a whole chain. So the company they give con. Subcontract to somebody. Yeah, subcontract. That person like gives it to somebody WhatsApp. else. That person gives to somebody else. To yeah. somebody else, and to these are like the lowest in the chain. Basically, it's like upward. Everything leads to Mukesh Bhai. Yeah. <laughs> Downward, everything leads to them. That. Yeah. L N T. L N T is controlled by who? Mukesh Bhai. Okay. Then. And they're the people who actually do the work, and they benefit the least from it. The children who are employed in these factories, from their uh, payment, they take. Uh, they deduct five. rupees i think per week for lodging for mm. lodging for yeah, the older people who have put in lots of hours and years they get to stay for free but wow. because the buildings are so overcrowded that this person and his brother had to leave they had to pay like 1000 bucks 1500 bucks for a different lodging because there were 30 people in like a room and that's what made them live to tell yeah. the tale yeah Uh, yeah, Anand, oh, your view on this? Why do you think it doesn't impact? Even though, like on that day, every like twelve channels in Delhi were giving live wall-to-wall coverage, but nothing ever happens. There is no real impact. Uh, I think it has to do with media's imagination of the public. So, um, in that imagination, the only <laughs> profitable binaries say state versus something government versus something and now here when say the factory owner was an ordinary citizen and those killed were also ordinary citizens it has an air of grief horror but not the kind of leverage suppose uh, the owner was a congress leader or bjp leader or up leader uh, the coverage would have been slightly more than what it was so but the truth is that most of the things that would affect you are is citizen versus citizen uh, what your neighbors do to you maybe what family members do to you or uh, say what your colleagues do to you or your co-travelers do to you now see uh, also 
the numbers. The uh, numbers also matter. Suppose in this fire only four or five people were killed. Now, you, uh, we may not like to admit it, but numbers uh, uh, matter in a way that that would not have got even this kind of coverage that it got. Not very far from you are, where you are recording this program is the Sahur Jat, where the old fashioned designers live in the Hauskas village. Hmm. Now, uh, last year, uh, five uh, people who were working with a very renowned fashion designer were killed in a workshop uh, with the inflammable substance used in dyeing the clothes. So, uh, five were burnt. Uh, um, uh, I got burnt in the workshop itself. I thought it was uh, uh, a small box item of news in some pieces of newspapers, but uh, not anything else. So the, these factors are uh, uh, more important uh, in a way that, uh, uh, sorry, I lost. Uh, track of my thought. So basically I want to say that the imagination of what is public plays a lot of role in how media sees these stories. Samrat, what do you think? It's coverage, it's... I mean, I think what Anand is saying is that it gets the wall-to-wall coverage because of the horror of it and the number of people who died on that day. But after that, and it's always covered only in the political terms. BJP said this. Yeah, these if, if it was BJP this, up, then there would have been a sustained yeah. report. But th- that day it was a live event. And once a live event is over, then once a fire brigade goes home, then there's nothing live, basically. Yeah. It's normalized in a sense. Hmm. You know, we, we have an imagination of the poor in which the poor lead miserable lives and often die miserable deaths. And that is completely understood and expected. So it fits in with, with the imagination of what we expect. The event is spectacle. Everything is spectacle. So a fire is a spectacle. And the spectacle comes and goes. It barely creates a ripple in the public imagination. The media reports it like they report everything else with great breathless excitement. Maybe they look for villains and heroes. And then they move on. So obviously nothing is going to happen. It's the same reason nothing happens for example, about our incidents of rape, which keeps coming back Delhi 2012 and 2019 Hyderabad and everywhere else. Because you're not, we are not a society which has learned yet to respect the smallest laws. That is why we cannot respect the biggest laws also. Although in the cases of the rape, and I'll come to that you know, point that the letter made about death penalty because that ties in with the several, the uh, Jyoti Singh, also known as Nirbhaya's, convicts, their hanging, the Hyderabad case, and Jagan Reddy coming up with his law. The Nirbhaya rape case did lead to Justice Verma Committee coming out with that new law, uh, which in my view, I'm not sure if it did that much good. Uh, There are some serious problems with, you know, that that law. And I think it was pushed in a hurry because of the horrific nature of that rape. Jagan has said, okay, now within 24 hours, we'll try, we'll do everything and we'll finish that off, which is also not a solution. So I think in the case of rape, there is actually an impact. Whether that is a desirable impact or not is is a question. Okay. But it, <laughs> it always has some sort of a... Like an equivalent would be that if after this, suddenly all over Delhi, they went and sealed every unit. No, but that would happen if it was a 
fancy people building in Nariman Point. Yeah. No, but so, yeah, so, so what you're saying is, if a mall got fire, then they'd shut all the malls, and you know, five, six Audi owners yeah, again, died. Again, these like unfortunate as it is, these cases nearby are the Hyderabad. These victims came from a strata of society which had at least a little bit of privilege, a little bit of say, or, and also the they were in yeah metropolitan areas, South Delhi, Delhi Mehroli, exactly. Right. So. Around these uh, rapes, like Hyderabad, there's been a gruesome rape in uh, Unao, for example. Right, which did not get the same yeah, kind of... Yeah, sure. elsewhere in Hyderabad itself, but they didn't get the same kind of coverage. So it's again, the like he was saying, like poor people are expected to live miserable lives, die miserably. And people accept it, that's the way of the life. Yeah, in fact, just a week before the Hyderabad case, there was a rape, of, rape and murder of a woman in a village, Dalit woman in a village, right? I mean, some kilometers away from Hyderabad, nothing came of that. So I think that stands true. I mean, I'm sure if a building like a mall or a hotel caught fire, there would be a lot of stuff. Or when that, was it in Bombay? Or, where or, a club? or an office instead of a factory. If this was the Accenture yeah, there was office a, or There whatever. was a club <laughs> in Bombay where these student, these couple of young people were celebrating their birthday and it caught fire. This was, I think, a few months ago, a few years ago. And that created a lot of yeah, outrage yeah. because there were these young kids, you know, partying or whatever. I remember it was that. A club. It was... It was um, it was Bombay or ba- it was Bombay Parel. Bombay. It yeah. was in Parel somewhere, and that was big. And there were ceilings. They sealed a whole that that building yeah, was sealed. Yeah, yeah. Even in Hoskas village, there were some building violations. They sealed yeah, a lot of Hoskas village. The whole top yeah. uh, Khanmak at the second floor. Even is sealed. this, uh, like the that Supreme Court after the Supreme Court order, commercial and residential, mm. you shouldn't mix large Patnagar that Amar Colony side. Like the entire the rows and rows of shops are closed. I think, so I think it is this part of Delhi where the more privileged live yeah. there is impact but in uh, Dal Mandi or whatever it will I not I mean they banned protests near Jantar Mantar because the people who live there can't take the noise handle it mm. yeah but I'll just like to um, put context to what we're going to discuss and Anand if you could just come in and weigh in on that um, so one of the accused who is awaiting his death penalty in Tihar jail uh, who raped and killed Jyoti Singh in Delhi has said that in his mercy petition that I am in any case dying because of the pollution and the air and the water. So, I should not be hanged. Now, of course, it's very frivolous. It's extremely cocky and cheeky and insensitive of him for someone who has done something so horrible to try to be so, you know, clever by half by this. Uh, I don't know if it was his idea or it was his It was his lawyer who was interviewed by Arnab Goswami and he's like, you have to watch that. (laughs) That interview. Why? So it was a lawyer's idea. It was a lawyer's idea. Yeah, because a even I was thinking, out of nowhere. I said, why I mean, would this guy come with such a? It's too complex a thought for. He was the Ramel Sharma. This guy. If Completely it's a lawyer, idiot. you can't blame him. I mean, they'll try any trick. They'll try anything to, to get onto yeah. Arnab's show. But <laughs> no, also to save their. Sure, but mind. now because of this, the whole hashtag ran. Hang them now. You know, there were shows that were showing. Kaise latkaenge rassi kahan banegi? That whole morbid. So. I mean, and this is something that, you know, coming to the subscriber letter, you said that a death penalty ticks the first and the third box, which was justice to the victim. And third is a disincentive to commit that crime. The third, there is data. For example, Europe does not have death penalty. But violent crime in Europe is a fraction of violent crime in US, which has death penalty by the kilo. Darjano ko par, they kill. So there is no data to suggest that death, uh, a death penalty, is a deterrent to crime. Secondly, I just think, uh, and which judge wrote that piece that it is not not wrote? He said that 
uh, I think it was uh, Bobde only who said that it's not revenge. You know, justice cannot be revenge. Yeah, after the Hyderabad thing. Yeah, yeah. he gave a bite. I think so, that was a quote or something. It was a quote. So, but I think our society wants immediate revenge, and why it is okay to you know say that on prime time, even though you belong to an educated, so to speak, set who should frown on it, is because from very young age, we see violence and we are okay with it. I remember long ago and written a piece on this as well. There was a video that uh, they were showing of, um, and in fact, I'll recommend that piece at the end of this hafta, of this guy in a police uniform. A thief had been caught and instant punishment. He tied him to his motorcycle. You know, like Thakur, he had tied him to the motorcycle and he was zipping his motorcycle. And there were little kids running and laughing. You know, from the age of 4 to 12, they're running behind the mobike. uh and then someone was there jumping on him and the kids at that early an age you know you and i think that's what the taliban did they they kind of you know desensitized you from such a young age and therefore when kids morons, are generally cruel though i think no, you can be cruel but i mean you know taking apart a mosquito wing by wing is a different matter which we've all done but jumping on a man's face is a different thing hmm. so i think and when they say that they should be hanged like people who are like jay bachan who are often there anyway that they should be hanged in public and all you'll just create a more violent society i think that is what's what will happen but yeah uh, anyway that's my thing of why we are such an insensitive society anand <laughs> also your, your uh, sorry on one yes. point is also that if if a mundane point that death penalty if you give a death penalty to a say a rapist he gets off easily it's not a harsh enough punishment putting him in jail for life is a harsher punishment mm. and especially indian jails that's one thing which i couldn't understand like and this was you saw in news debates also why do people equate living in jails as like it's equated as wo to luxury mein jee rahe hain tax payer ke usme kha rahe hain maze se baith ke biryani kha rahe hain all that it's no and i think rape convicts are really badly treated they they have it really terrible in jails and we know that with this ram one of the convicts who committed suicide killed, killed or committed suicide they they go through rape in the con in the prison that's supposed to be one of the things that is done to them so i yeah i don't understand why people also think like death penalty is the ultimate punishment in terms of pain also hmm but i mean i don't know I if mean, it's psychologically to, maybe yeah but i know they're supposed to give you pain though uh, anand what do you have to say on this yeah, uh, first uh, that convict's statement uh, about they uh, are killing him and uh, media tuning to also report it uh, it made a good headline uh, now in the run up to his suppose his uh, which is seems more likely he is uh, uh, given the death penalty or hanged he has been already given a hang uh, now you will see that a, a kind of morbidity porn uh, that will surfaces in uh, on channels and uh, and that kind of uh, even in uh, say horror or accidents like a fire or a train accident newspapers uh, in order to sense the air of ho- horror in accidents or the retributive uh, or or a kind of emotive connect resort to morbidity porn they uh, try to document what was his last call what he said that where where is that that what he ate what he didn't eat so that's a good document to have for uh, future references but 
um, I think this kind of showing that cocky nature or sense of humor in last moments and this uh, is a, a means a known trope. And uh, the second thing is that in order to oppose the uh, retributive nature of death uh, sentence, you need not be a believer in the reformative nature. I am not a believer in reformative nature of um, letting them go. I don't think most of them will get reformed just for the sake of it. There are cases, even recent cases, when the when those accused of rape got bail and then again threatened the victim and even killed one of the victim's husband. Hmm. Uh, so. Uh, and there, there could be uh, a lot of data around that also. But you, what I'm saying is that just because you don't believe in that sentence does not mean that you believe in reformative justice. You are not believing in sentence because uh, there can be nothing called infallible human judgment. Human judgment can be fallible. The, uh, the um, judges may, uh, and if... Uh, they have made a mistake. Once you hang the man, there is no corrective to that. Right. So, uh, first is that. Second is human dignity. Means, uh, even the most hardened criminal, just because he's human, has carries with him some dignity. Uh, just even if he's a hardened criminal, he may not get reformed, but uh, you don't have an authority to cut short a life which is in full flow. Right. Samrat, what is your view? My view on all of this is the, it's the same for everything, actually, in a, in a very simplistic. And it is that we have to have systems that work. And they have to work efficiently, quickly, and inexpensively. They have to work for everybody. So it doesn't matter what the crime. It, it's, a, it's a matter of uh, basically getting things to work as they're supposed to work. But how do you do that? I mean, in you this need country, root and branch reform. What do we have the government for? What do we have government? They are the for? ones who are just destroying all they, these things. They, so they, what do you do? they 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 don't justify their existence. The governments are not there to create more trouble for citizens, which unfortunately seems to be what they're doing most of the time. Well, um, I mean, just to give you an idea of you know the biryani kharan and all, um, there was a photograph if you ever check it out. Of this Andre Anders, how do you pronounce his name? The Brevik. Brevik, the Norway, the Norwegian, Norwegian the, yeah. that, that Norwegian. He detonated a far right um, a van and killed eight people. So because they don't have the death penalty there, he got life. So if you see his cell, it's better than most people's rooms that I know. It's got this, you know, desk with. I think there was a computer there as well. There's like a blanket. There's a decent bed. There's a view outside. So. That is the kind of life they would even give to a man like Brevik, who has killed so many people in a country like Norway, where when we had gone, bunch of Punjabis in a small town called Horten, where my friends got married to a Norwegian girl, and we guys at night after shadi, we were running amok in town, and uh, we were told that by the girl's family that please go back to your hotels, the whole town can hear you. <laughs> the, here the police station also shuts at 7.30. So do not make a ruckus sitting by the North Sea. You know, we were sitting where all the yachts are parked. Right, so criminals only operate before 7.30. 7.30, there they shut the bloody <laughs> police station, man. I was like, that's the country. Society. And there, a man who did this is given 
a cell which is better than any PhD, JNU, IIT, IIM, Arashok <laughs> University cell. It's amazing. But yet, crime there is so low. So, I mean, that's like you were saying earlier about violence, that it is structural in this country. I was saying this on the last hafta as well. Partly, not partly, in a large part, it's because of the caste system, which has absolutely. sort of institutionalized violence in this country. So people watching and seeing this daily degradation of poor people or people who don't look like them or who don't belong in the same caste, they see this they, every day and they internalize it. Absolutely. And then again, another problem is all these institutions, the justice system doesn't work. Uh, one of the lawyers, one lawyer had told me a long time ago, India doesn't have a justice system. It has a criminal system. It's a legal system. Mm -hmm. So that's another problem. These things don't work and then you want instant justice, you want instant justice. That means these things will be ignored because if you want instant justice, you don't need the institution. So this is a vicious, vicious circle that keeps on repeating and repeating and repeating. I think what's really scary about Jagan's plan is because if you're going to set a deadline like this, police is going to be pressured to just catch anybody for any yeah, crime. Exactly. So then you're compromising on investigation. And on top of that, with such shoddy investigation, if you're going to have death penalty, it's it's really <laughs> very, very problematic. Exactly. How can you... I mean, there are cases that take years to solve. And he's also. already saying that they'll get death penalty after three weeks. I mean, that happens... The law is that that happens only in the rarest of rare cases. Yeah. Even <laughs> like if it's a rape so can or he, murder. Does he, is he authorized to do that? I don't even know if I he's authorized. I don't think... I think this is again a jumla. Every time there's been a media scrutiny on a case, we know that there are high chances of, you know, the police bungling up like in the Ryan International case where that bus driver was just uh -huh. he was painted as the devil of the year and mm. turns out that he was just framed by the Gurgaon police right so even in this case Hyderabad case nobody knows if know those people sure, yeah. actually yeah. were the accused I because mean, it's the police saying they were yeah because it's it's ritualistic yeah. exactly so Mata khun chati hai, devi khun do. So, Atma ko shanti mil gai and we can move on. Jai Maakali. That was a Kajol and Mamta Kulkarni dancing. Maako khun chahiye. From Karanajan Yalsi. No, but actually when you look at it from the ritualistic point of view, it's really sad, man. It's terrifying. So, okay, so on that note, I think we shall call this hafta done for now. Manjuri, I see your email about transgender and what I said uh, we shall definitely discuss it next time we've just run out of time because the citizen amendment bill took so much time uh, but you've raised some valid points and some questions and I promise you we shall discuss this last time for those of you wondering Manji has written an email saying that my comments on last hafta about money being wasted and redoing the whole bathrooms in a particular school because of the whole transgender issue is actually not right because that is that is money well spent and we have to be sensitive to fluid genders and if a school has to redo their bathrooms then they must um, right now we'll just wind up with the recommendations for the week but before we do that I would like to remind you all once again to check out Atul's series on Ayodhya I'm sure you will really enjoy some of those interviews I surely have I've seen them also uh, those of you who had contributed to our NL Sena project on the transport strike in Telangana uh, you have probably seen, uh, have two stories gone up or three? Yes, 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 two. Two. Two more are going up. So, soon. a total of four reports were done. Prateek spent about five days there. He got some great reports out. Thank you to those who did contribute. It is because of people like you that Prateek can go spend five, six days and do solid ground reports and send them back. The total cost for that project was about 2,20,000. 
We raised one lakh thirty-five. Thank you all, those of you contributed. It would be great if you guys could top it up with the remaining eighty-five or thousand bucks that's left, because then that will make sure that we can start another Nilsena project and then do some solid ground reports. Um, so yeah, those of you who've contributed, thank you. If you can just advise your friends and relatives and others to also contribute, especially if you're from there, then this report is relevant to you because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. On that note, please let's have your recommendation first, Anand. Yes, uh, I am recommending uh, just uh, with, uh, the topics uh, that we discussed. I am recommending that it is related to one of those. Uh, it's a paper published by University of Birmingham uh, and written by Ruben Ackerman, and uh, it is about the. plight of hindu women in pakistan and uh, uh, the forced abduction rapes and marriages so uh, i think it has a more detailed analysis of the situation of hindu women in pakistan and when we see at the indian academic scene uh, i am not found something that is as the detailed in analysis Yeah. All right. Thank you, Samrat. Your recommendation. Can I go with at least two instead of? You one? can go with four if you want. All right. Our our, our so, subscribers will be very happy. So very quickly then, because we spoke so much on citizenship today. So I think uh, what I'm reading right now, which I've just started reading, is a book called Citizenship and Its Discontents by Professor Nirja Gopal Jayal. which is an academic study of citizenship in, in in the indian context and for anybody who's interested in seriously understanding the issue i think this would help if anybody is interested in the northeastern context because it seems to be so relevant right now then there are at least three books that come to mind one is the earliest that comes to mind is uh, rights of passage which is about migration and it is by sanjoy hazarika one which is about the issue of insider outsider which i've edited priti geland i edited it came out earlier this year and uh, one which i have not yet read but look forward to reading is sangeeta barua pisharoti's book on the assam accord so i think these would be useful reading all right thank you oh i'll recommend samrat's piece of today on the citizenship using Arnab Goswami as mm. the peg, and the other one is uh, one he has yeah, <laughs> he like has linked uh, to another piece uh, which has appeared on Frontline uh, by Professor Sanjeev Barua. It's called Assam Northeast India and the Unfinished Business of Partition. It's a long one, but really worth reading. Thank you, Manisha. I have lots of recommendations. One is a movie called The Report. It's now on Amazon. It's a movie on one man's fight against CIA's lies on the U.S.'s. enhanced interrogation techniques it's a blood boiling watch because you see how how they were using these ghastly techniques as as if they, these were these animals that they were experimenting on with and they knew from the beginning that these weren't the top you know most wanted terrorists it's amazing to see that and it's amazing to see that in the country this guy from within the government system how he spends 6 years into nailing the cia's lies and how it finally makes it hmm. to uh, their senate so it's a really blood boiling yet hopeful watch and a story in the indian express on sunday um it's called the story of another encounter it's about uh, 
in 2012 there were about 17 people who were gunned down by the CRPF and the CRPF claimed that these were this was the biggest Maoist encounter of all times and it recently we found out that these guys were just innocent people who were just gunned down it was a completely fabricated botched up encounter so to speak the hero of this story is a woman called Kamla Kaka who took this on i mean she's in an naxal infested area after losing your close one seeing people in your village just gunned down in cold blood you could easily rebel against the system that did this to your family but she you know rejects left wing extremism and she goes to the courts and people like sudha bhardwaj who's currently in jail these people lead her fight for 7 years you know saving her money uh, traveling sometimes just staying you know in places she took this fight down and finally and it's very sweet like she says in the end finally the world knows that we were you know we were murdered in cold blood so very hopeful story so read that and anumeha story of course on um, the anaj mandi fire right so i would recommend two pieces one piece that i really liked was and i think it it kind of explored the one area in the whole judicial review system that i don't think was discussed enough is the morning after cab it will be a mistake to rely just on supreme court by pratap bhanu mehta and indian express and how he talks about the courts also are dictated by the current mm-hmm. you know uh, whatever is the contemporary value system the contemporary politics which determines what is the conscience conscience of and that yeah. is going to be a part of justice so relying on the supreme court is not yeah. such a great idea and i think he's articulated very well so that's one piece i want to recommend the other piece i want to recommend which i wrote i think in 2007 or 2008 i retweeted it now was is justice revenge and i remember i had written this piece because in 2007 8 also the television channels went through this spate of just showing ghastly you know mmss on television for eyeballs and that time they wouldn't even mosaic the face and shit and and you know panelists saying kill them and do this and do that and i just was reminded like 11 years have passed since i wrote that and we are back to where we were then so yeah these are my two recommendations so thank you anand for joining us thank you samrat always a pleasure thank you thank you meraj and manisha thank you thank you all of you who do subscribe appreciate it and for those of you who don't and are wondering how news gets to you usually a journalist or a reporter travels from one place to the other by either by air or by train or by car depending on where he or she is going they stay there for four or five days they go speak to several people dozens of them to figure out what is the allegation what is the story what is the report they eat three meals a day they sometimes have to drink water also if they have a bigger appetite they have to you know have a snack between those three meals often they don't even have three meals they just have one and uh guess what my daddy doesn't pay for that and guess what those of you complain that news is shit what the fuck are you doing about it so yeah on that hopeful note reflect when you go to sleep at night and are bitching out news and uh, how much have you contributed to making sure that news gets you accurate information and from the story that manisha recommended about those tribals who were gunned down you didn't think that your contributing to news would be a life and death situation for anybody would it but when everybody does it it is life and death so think about that next time you hover over a subscribe button to any news organization and wonder is it worth it think about if you were in that village of tribals would accurate reporting be worth it and once you answer that you will answer whether subscribing to keep news independent free is worth it on that note do mail us at contact@newslaundry.com at i repeat 
contact at newslaundry.com with your suggestions and feedback. You can leave your abuse on my Twitter timeline or Manisha's or Samrat's. And uh, for those of you who write, thank you so much. For those of you who subscribe, thank you so much. You keep me going. Thank you all for your support. It is it is wonderful that there are some of you who support independent media. Until next time, bye bye. तुम तो ठहरे परदेसी, तुम तो ठहरे परदेसी, साथ क्या निभाओगे? पहली गाड़ी से घर को लौट जाओगे ऑल द न्यूज लॉन्ड्री पॉडकास्ट आर अवेलेबल ऑन स्टिचर आई ट्यून्स एंड एनी अदर पॉडकास्ट प्लेटफॉर्म प्लीज सब्सक्राइब टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री हेल्प अस कीप न्यूज इंडिपेंडेंट catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel